Yo everyone, what's up? I'm with Tristan Tyler Blake. We are in Costa Rica. We have just finished up some of our own explorations that we've been doing. And we have now merged with one another for our explorations together. We are looking at land in Costa Rica to build regenerative community on that includes science, spirituality, engineering, art, art music. Music. That was perfectly said at the same mm -hmm. time. I love and, that. And of course, I love it. Yeah. And Tristan's been on the show several times and I'm super pumped to be sharing with you guys what we're currently talking about in the car ride, which is that the beautiful way to s explain the nature of reality simply through infinity and finity. Ultimately, they are one. We create the juxtaposition to shed light on our true nature. And so I'll lay out a little bit of a foundation and then we'll have Tristan hit the tennis ball back and we'll keep chatting about it. So in many ways, finity can be thought of as the study of form, the study of matter, the study of, as we can play with this analogy, the beet salad. Out of all possibilities of food, this is a beet salad. So, finity is the study of the beet salad that we're currently tasting. Awareness is currently experiencing a beet salad. Now, to juxtapose that with infinity. Now, infinity is all possible food. So that's, there's chicken soup in there, there's steak dinner, there's lettuce wraps, there's all of the possibility space of food. So our true nature is infinity, which is the absolute, the highest, which endlessly expresses itself as these different food options, like this earth right now is a beet salad, and then it uses awareness as the observational agent to experience that beet salad. So we'll go ahead and hit the tennis ball over to Tristan and see how he feels about this. So yeah, throw the beet over to me. The beet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Russians actually have a very... We uh, love beets. We love beets. Uh, so, yeah. so apparently now our philosophies are like converging on our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on our lineages. Yeah. yeah. Our heritages, yeah. Um, so, well, I'm, I'm very interested in what exactly, uh, you know, out of all the possibility space of, you know, different... Uh, what are these actual salads and uh, food forms? Like, what are they metamorphosed? What are these uh, metaphors for, right? What, is, what do they actually uh, consist of when you 
So you jump into one of them. So let's just jump out of the beet salad that we're currently in, which is Costa Rica and the world and all of its uh, inhabitants, history and history, stories and stories, cultures, exactly. you know, all that stuff, right? Because uh, uh, there's no reason why, you know, uh, Napoleon didn't win in that battle and then history would have been different. I mean, these are very kind of um, ephemeral little uh, uh, changes that they transform the rest of history and push it into a new, you know, there might not have been uh, the Soviet Union uh, or, or um, you know, these other superpowers uh, growing just because the initial conditions would have been changed. So you want to leap us over into chicken soup. Yeah. What, is, what, yeah. Is, what, what is, does chicken soup look like? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm very curious. So, yeah. all right. Why was Walt Disney so obsessed with imagination? Why is imagineering such an important word? Why is it so important to take oneself outside of the beet salad to imagine what chicken soup looks like? Because then one becomes more and more familiar experientially with infinity. So in this case, it would be something like the exploration of other math and physics. It would be the exploration of other vehicles for awareness. These vehicles have four limbs, they have two eyes, they have DNA encoding, carbon-based, and they're beautiful. They're incredible vehicles, but they're only one in the possibility space of vehicles. And the universe itself, this one song, this beat salad, is one exploration of a specific style of mathematics and physics that is unfolding for this awareness to taste the beet salad. That's uh, yeah. That's a very interesting uh, beat throw. Uh, so I've you know I just started studying mathematics uh, from ground up. So um, I actually want to get to the bottom of it. Um, the question is: Is the mathematics we use created, or is it uh, kind of something we're discovering? And uh, you know, is it hidden in a rock, and are we just scraping it away little by little and kind of discovering the universal? Uh, vocabulary of the, you know, of, of form of matter. Both, and I'll share why. Okay. So, we are the creators of the beet salad experience. So, we ourselves wrote the mathematics into place from the beginning. From the Big Bang, from the automata, that then turned into a human civilization secreting from a planet called Earth. And it's also discovered by the human civilization that secretes from the planet Earth that then recognizes, uh -huh. so recognize, yeah, 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 but yeah. recognize, yeah. so we remember the math that we programmed initially. Okay, so we programmed this math initially. Uh, can you... Can you explain that a little bit, a little bit more? So, uh, kind of, uh, from what state are we talking about? Uh, 
um, and I'm really hearing something interesting, like a super organism, sort of that uh, made some decision earlier, and we're simply uh, piecing together this larger puzzle of its wish. So a super organism, you know, except, desire. Except we are the ones that made the wish. So rather than externalizing it to mm -hmm. some, to some other, yeah, it is actually us. We are the absolute that wanted to experience and explore itself as a beet salad to taste the beet salad of experience mm -hmm. and that's what this universe one song is the beet salad yeah i get this intuition that uh, so i i'm thinking right now about uh, you know where to have lunch and my neurons are processing and doing lots of uh, you know um networky things to help me make that decision and so if you were to ask the neuron individually, kind of what's your, what's your particular role in that calculation? Like uh, you, what's your actual you know, uh, goal in that neural network and what are you solving? And I think we're trying to look just as neurons for some, uh, as you say, larger source, right? So we are the neurons that are sort of processing and we don't actually have the final answer of what the thought was that uh, we're all processing on behalf of, but we life is solving a computational problem, and uh, I think it would be interesting to know what what, I, what that actual larger decision was. So my decision is to look for lunch. The, what is this the, other? The decision was computational for, request. The the request was yeah. for us to taste a beet salad, and yes. we yeah. are tasting. The beet salad through our experience. Yeah. Okay. Can we can we send uh, information back up the um, higher order? We chain? are. Is there so we we are that which is the artificial intelligence. We are that which is the machine learning. We are that which actually takes in the data or the input of what a beet salad tastes like in experience of yep. this rock orbiting the star with we're the sensor we're the receptor we're the receptor we're the sensor yeah and so endlessly we will continue exploring what all of the other tastes of different foods are like or just experiences. So, so foods being kind of a a way to just uh, use a metaphor to describe. Use a metaphor. So, so and and so this metaphor is describing because I, I really want to get to the bottom of uh, what it's actually. I'll give you another imagination mm -hmm. example. So, yeah. when you create a vehicle for awareness in a different universe, a different one song, a different taste. You want to taste chicken soup. In that universe, you may create a vehicle for awareness that does not have eyes and a nose and it has photoreceptors but of a different like skin you know on their skin or something yeah it'll it'll have a completely different sensory apparatus a different perceptual apparatus the eye evolved many many times intuitive apparatus right? etc so so there's the eye that uh, evolved uh, you know, uh, uh, just in separate, just in separate ways, like the octopus eye and the human eye are com from completely different uh, origins. 
Um, so what are these other sensory um, things that you're imagining, right? So we have a couple, and not we're not talking about the five senses that uh, uh, you know that are kind of typically associated because there's thousands of sensors all across your body. You know, heat, temperature sensors. Here's another one: stretch your imagination outside of what a design looks like where it's no longer three dimensions with another dimension of time so you can go from three one three space one time to what it's like to have three space and two time or two space and two time there's all of these different arrangements to explore that we are just one experiencing, we're experiencing just one, which is the beet salad. Can you explain these dimensions uh, a little bit? Because yeah, so, uh, so I have a mathematical so it would be uh, understanding of it, like what that is. It would just, be some. It would be something like. Uh, so I know there's X, Y, and let's say Z. Yeah, and then if we instead of having one dimension of time, imagine if rather than having just one clock, if we had two clocks two dimensions of time okay so you have two clocks one clock is like the current civilizational clock that we're using right now and then another clock is something that you've never imagined before it's something that's wildly beautiful and eccentric maybe something like a if you're planning to meet with somebody you're meeting with them at 12 o'clock on the left wrist watch but also six o'clock on the right wrist watch but somebody else is meeting with someone else at 12 o'clock on the left wrist watch and 3 o'clock on the right wrist watch. I think time has uh, some relationship with like uh, physics and quantum uh, totally mechanics. Like, so, so from what I understand, you know, let's just say you fly next to a black hole, um, its pull on you uh, will deviate your time, your actual, um, the, the actual amount of time that is passing because it's, it's kind of related to the like curve of space-time so 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 the space and time seem to have a relationship and I think gravity plays uh, uh, a role in that so to have two different wrist watches you, ju you just have to have arms that are long enough to um, you know be gravitated towards like a, some kind of black hole or something like that and then yeah I'm sure you can't have two. You, you need an arm pointing at a different black hole basically Yeah, time is very interesting, um, and particularly directions of time that are possible. Um, I think actually going forward in this, uh, in the next few years, um, some of the physics that's coming out right now um, is going to be dealing with uh, gra with sensing gravity and uh, uh, with being able to, well, try to measure it. I mean, I mean. Apparently, you know, in order to pick up on gravitons or these little like uh, subatomic particles of, of, of gravity, you would need a particle accelerator that reaches from the sun to Jupiter or something like that. So it's so small, each unit, that uh, to detect it would require a massive amount of energy, uh, way more than, than we have. So, In general, what we're trying to describe through this podcast conversation mm -hmm. 
is that the analysis of the beet salad is fantastic and it's beautiful, but it's even more important than the analysis of the beet salad is to recognize that one's true nature is the infinite combinations of food that are explored endlessly and that way we are not blinded by the illusion that all there is is just the beet salad so what else is there uh, so so i like uh, you know, um, I'm a lot more into the kind of the finite space in, the, in that example. I really love kind of using the principles that are ex available, particularly in the scientific method, to achieve or derive um, experimental kind of like dem demonstrable results, you know, that are repeatable. Um, in the infinite space, what's there that is, uh, for example, and this, uh, like what's there that is not available in the physical material realm all of the possibilities in the finite you have the beet salad and it's fantastic and it tastes great but it's just the beet salad i don't can we you know this metaphor it's very valuable and useful but i would like to uh use a more um um, kind of okay, concrete so, term okay, so of actually something that I'm familiar. I don't even eat that many beets. Here, here's <laughs> here's a way to here's another way to say it is that this earth is one way to paint a blank canvas. Okay. You have endless ways to paint a blank canvas, and that you've become associated that most people alive on the planet have become associated with themselves as the one painting that is the planet earth rather than the blank canvas that is eternally painted in all infinite possibility so another example is the music so earth is one combination of musical notes pieced together into a song it's a very beautiful song we all adore it very much lots of people do some people don't and when you piece when you explore the possibility space of piecing together all different combinations of musical notes into songs, you will never come to the end of that. And so that is your true nature, is the one that eternally listens and experiences the songs. You have just become accustomed to listening to only one song, Planet Earth, and you think that your true nature is only living in the body, in planet Earth. But your true nature is both that and the infinite. But one must go to the infinite first and begin associating themselves with that. And then they can properly integrate being the beat salad or being the song or being this coloration on a blank canvas properly because they know themselves as the blank canvas they know themselves as the endless possibility of all the possible combinations of musical notes so this is a conversation about free will and recognizing your uh the f the freedom of that free will kind of like the space of free decisions that you have potentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and maximizing on that and then from there deciding what's the best uh, sort of decision based on all of the range of possibilities right Hmm. 
I kind of see this as a like I've been thinking about a lot a lot about free will recently and I've been shaken by the idea that these bacteria control our behaviors and decisions and and they're finding more and more parasites that are able to influence our thoughts and our uh, kind of our desires or goals and we just like we are being influenced by hundreds of billions of organisms so and we are not a single one like I'm not a single guy there's many 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 things taking place to keep me here and many bacteria that I'm very grateful for um, and so transitioning to this view of the world of be, being a cloud of information or a cloud of life and then interacting with other clouds is definitely very um, a very valuable sort of uh, frame to look from in order to appreciate uh, life in general and just life's kind of uh, beautiful uh, complexity you know so free but free will has shaken uh, I've been shaken because these uh, things that control our behaviors like what percentage of our free will is available for quote-unquote the uh, you know the individual the, the, the Tristan there to make versus the bacterial decision the viral probably decision the um, actual kind of unconscious decision that was already made the chemical decisions you know the hormonal and stuff like how what percentage do you think of the full spectrum of choices is is the decision available to to me versus other forces yeah it's a super exciting question yet at the same time we can also come up with the answer where is the line of separation between you and the thousand species of gut bacteria that live inside of you and the answer is there is no line of separation. It's one symbiotic mind-body-spirit complex unit in that it's harmonized together as a cohesive whole. And that there is clearly, very clearly, a beautiful genetic expression that happens from the thousand species of gut bacteria which each have about 2,000 or so genetic expressions so you got about 2 million genetic expressions that are happening from gut bacteria and then you have about 20,000 human gene expressions so you have about 100x more bacterial gene expressions happening so you could potentially say that there is a lot of dominating power that's coming from the bacterial forces and yet, at the same time, there's a lot of will and choice and prefrontal control, also executive functioning that's coming, coming from the unit's ability to make a divine alignment towards a North Star, towards a noble aim, towards something that is transcendent. And not something that's just limbic, not something that's just primal. Instant gratification fosters lethargy and gluttony, whereas delayed gratification, that more top-down prefrontal control, using will or choice to pursue something that's noble or transcendent, 
that's delayed gratification and that provides a lot more love, light, meaning, purpose, fulfillment, peace, joy, abundance, well-being, prosperity, flourishing. Those things are a product of one's ability to delay their gratification. Walter Michel and the Marshmallow Experiment are probably one of the most important experiments that's ever been done. And really boiling down to simply delaying gratification. More prefrontal and less limbic. They should have used chocolate rather than uh, marshmallow. Like, I don't... You know, like, I, I really think that the... Because I've, I've recently been dancing with cacao trees. Uh, I went on this little journey. We're, we're going, actually. Uh, and we're, I think we're going to meet more cacao trees. These are very special plants. And uh, so cacao brought me there, you know, the uh, the chocolate. Like, I always wanted to know the origin of my um, just passion for chocolate. I eat it at least three times a day. And uh, so... So I've been thinking about the marshmallow test and it's like, yeah, I bet the chocolate results, like if we can redo the experiment, but with chocolate, what kind of results would you get? Uh. <laughs> like, would people be able to, if there was like a Ferrara Rocher <laughs> sitting there, how likely are people to pass the test? Uh. <laughs> Do you still have any chocolate left from the previous? Uh... No, we will pick some more up though. Let's, uh, it's still recording, right? Yes, and okay. let's let's wrap. Well, let's just tell them a little bit about the trip, you know, kind of like give them some uh, insight into where yeah, we're going. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we were just at, we were in the northwest of Costa Rica. Tristan has been spending, are you on your third month almost here? Yeah. 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 So Tristan's on his third month in Costa Rica. I'm on my second week in Costa Rica and it's been good this place is uh, delivered the, Costa Rica is basically one of the hubs for planetary enlightenment it's going to become one of the hubs for it it already is becoming it very quickly yeah. um, for planetary engineering planetary science planetary awakening all of those coming together and we spent some time near the volcano miravares today at a volcanic lodge that was fantastic in the central part of costa rica we are now driving down to a late lunch meeting that we are having in la fortuna where we are further exploring the land purchase options and microclimates and geographies then we are heading to the east coast towards limon and exploring some more over there and we'll be doing this for about almost another week and we should by the end of the year we have the aim to have secured a plot of land with our investor friends that are very excited in the community we're building and to have begun the basic architectures on the property to enable anywhere from 
10 to 20 people or so to probably live there year-round, people that are working on next generation energy technologies and much else. 3D printing, 3D farms. printing, farms. Uh, yeah, I want a 3D printer farm on a farm. Yeah. And then about 100 to 200 people capacity for when we do Special larger events. scale events, that kind of a thing. So what we're talking about right now was shifting from Finity, from only the beet salad, to Infinity, all possible combinations of food that we are endlessly tasting, is a massive part of the pedagogy that we will be discussing at the regenerative community. Because the utility of it is that you move away from being a contracted, egoic, finite, separate entity that feels like a hairless monkey on a rock orbiting a star that's meaningless. And you move away from that contracted energy where you're trying to seek peace and happiness by extracting it from the beet salad. Instead, what you do is you recognize your own infinite nature. You feel an expansion in your energy. You feel a relaxation of that contraction. You recognize that we all share our same source. We all share our same awareness. And what we are doing is we are experiencing a beet salad out of an infinite possibility of food. So we've been experiencing different food. We're going to keep experiencing other Does every food. person experience uh, different foods? Like, because uh, I kind if of if sense... I can briefly wrap yeah, yeah, yeah. just on that point, yeah. Just to, because what happens? The utility of the that recognition is that you no longer have any tendency to commit violence because you recognize that we share our source and our awareness. You no longer have malevolence or an extractive will from the others, but rather you recognize that we share our being in this beet salad and therefore we maximize our collective potential harmony, prosperity, and abundance through these recognitions. Now the question was something about do we perceive somewhat similar in terms of the speed sound? Yeah, like I'm definitely experiencing a, a very um, specific experience compared of, to of the beat salad. You're yes. viewing, yes. in a sense, you're viewing the beat salad can be thought of like a soccer game, football. You're viewing football right now, but you're viewing it from the you're viewing it from behind. Barcelona's goalie and I'm viewing it from the the half line of the field uh -huh. right so we're, we're experiencing Barcelona playing Madrid in a soccer game that's also a beat salad and you're watching it from behind Barcelona's goalkeeper which in the second half it's going to be Madrid's goalkeeper and I'm watching it from the halfway line. So we're watching the beet salad and tasting the beet salad. We're watching the soccer game from 
two different positions, which is why you're seeing some of the nuances around what happens when the ball Madrid is attacking and is crossing the ball in and trying to volley or head it into Barcelona's goal versus you're seeing those nuances I can't see them as clearly whereas I'm seeing the nuances near the half line really clearly mm-hmm. and you're not and so that's the beauty of having 8 billion unique agents experiencing the beat salad or the Barcelona versus Madrid football match simultaneously. Yeah, the, yeah these metaphors are quite challenging to, uh, um, for, for me at least, to um, kind of wrap my head around. I sort of, I, um, I actually don't play enough football. Did you, to... did you get how there's 8 billion observers yes of, in of the stadium the kind in the stadium of, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. no that that's a good uh, that's good that you too. got well it's good that you got that part yeah, yeah. The, um yeah. and everyone has their own uh, kind of perspective on the players and the yeah. ball yeah. Um, and the referee and the referee <laughs> yeah these are all these are all different uh, shots so um so the the question is kind of uh yeah it, it, is this so every person has their own experience of, of reality, but to, and and you're saying that the beat salad is the is the actual stadium. Yeah. So the beat salad is the game that's being played, okay. and that the next game that's going to be played, uh, let's say it's well, played on the game? well the next game, let's say that's going to be played, it might not even be. It could be something like um, a World Cup match between, let's say, uh, like. Argentina and Spain uh, it could be that so instead of Barcelona and Madrid well, it's shifted that well, or, 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 or 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 it could be instead a different sport that is played all together yep. it could shift to a basketball game well this is actually a pretty good uh, uh, um, uh, condition because uh, it, the physics of uh, the universe right they they sort of uh, uh, are the constants only allow like the field is only built in a certain way that can play a certain sport like if you don't have a basketball court you can't play basketball and uh, or so and and you can't play football on a basketball court you know in the, in, in that sense so the conditions of this universe mathematically and and uh, material science from wise, the big bang until yes. the civilization enabled the Barcelona versus Madrid match yeah, and only. then only and then what happens is as we've been talking about with Sir Roger Penrose and many other of the world leading physicists now have cyclic cosmological understandings that where we're going is where we came from so as we came from a big bang we are going towards endless future big bangs so we're going to continue exploring more food options so next up is chicken soups and steak dinners and lettuce wraps or in other words we're going to play basketball games and tennis matches and we're going to go and golf 18 holes all this type of stuff so so from what i understand and that's going to require different math and physics from the big bangs that's going to require different unfoldings of the stadiums that enable said sports to play from what i've seen in terms of just my personal research so and and this could be uh you know misguided but uh um right now like the there's uh cosmological eras 
and uh, sort of the one that we're in, you know, the saliferous and all of these, uh, um, there's going to be a, um, like a photon, just a, what is it, like the photon era, I think that's actually the one right now, uh, and then it's leading towards this uh, black hole era where matter collapses and, uh, you know, there's photon decay, right? So this universe, um, is there, are you telling me there's a speculation that it's going to collapse and uh, bounce back? Is that sort of, are we taking that um, interpretation? There's, there's a big bounce? There's two, there's two options that I've found so far that are most sort of eloquent in describing this. One of them is sort of this long-term option that you just described, which is some sort of a big bang to big crunch to big bang to big crunch to big bang to big crunch endlessly. And then that's how you experience the beet salad, the chicken soup, the steak dinner, etc. And then that's sort of on this like multi-billion year time scale where we don't necessarily know how much longer we're going to evolve in this beet salad before we get to the chicken soup, the next exploration. Whereas the second model that I feel like potentially has a stronger resonance is that the same way that we are currently building artificial general intelligence and neurotechnology and biotechnology like the Neuralink and we're building out these indistinguishable virtual realities, all of those technologies synthesize together into what's been called the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And so what we hypothesize, like John Smart with the transcension hypothesis, is that what we're going to do in the next 50, 100, 150, 200 years is we're going to build out all of these indistinguishable virtual realities and we're going to begin immersing ourselves into them for 80 years at a time. And that that's what the recursion is. So that's the next exploration of chicken soups and beet salads and basketball games and tennis matches. You can build your own yeah, virtual reality like experience that's probably going to be indistinguishable from this kind of what we're doing right now like it will be it won't make a difference if I'm sitting here and driving or if I'm in a headset simulating sitting here and driving right yeah which is what this already is yeah well I I don't know that uh, I I think it would be fun to I think it would be great if uh, this was a simulation I think that's a speculation that uh, could be possible you're using awareness to experience the form and identity of Tristan Tyler Blake. You are awareness that is shared and eternal and impersonal, experiencing Tristan Tyler Blake's meat costume, space suit. And I'm the impersonal shared awareness, the same as you, same as everybody, experiencing the meat costume space suit of Atlas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there, so we're saying there's one sort of uh, experiencer, and we are the um, like the fingertips of this thing, right? Yeah, like the nerve endings, or the nerve endings, or the neurons of this yeah. uh, thing. Um, and uh, do we have a kind of so so? You know, I would love to have some evidence for this, or uh, some sort of like kind of like a theory, or you know, where can I, where where would I go to look? Because this, this, it makes sense. You know, it, it feels uh, intuitively interesting and uh, uh, valuable. 
kind of to think about that way, right? With the with the bacteria, hundreds of uh, millions of them. Let's start with your direct experience. Yeah. Okay. So, are you aware? Am I aware of? Uh... Are you aware? Period. Are you aware? Question mark. Do you? Yes, e of course. Do yes. you exist? Okay. Great. Yes. Okay. So, do you see how the question "Am I aware?" or "I am aware" as a statement or a declarative comes before "I am aware of Tristan." The statement I am aware comes before the statement I am aware of Tristan. Does I don't mean? follow. Okay. So I am, uh, so you asked me, are you aware? Yep. And I sense uh, awareness. Beautiful. Okay. And, and now, and now we're going to add attributes. Okay. So now the attributes that we're adding are your name. We've added your name. The next attribute that we can add is your ethnicity. We can add another attribute, which is your career. We can add. But what if I actually don't? Uh, I mean, I don't like. I say my name, but I don't really feel connected to it. Oh like, well, uh, then, well then you're actually closer to the metaphysical truth, which is I am aware is oh. most upstream before I am aware of Tristan. Before I am aware, I am in Costa Rica. Before I am aware, I am in a car driving. Is I am aware. Mm -hmm. Before all of the attributes, before all of the descriptors, before all of the symbolization, the semiotics, before all of that is just the statement, I exist. I yeah. am aware. Simple being itself. Yeah, so that's a, a being itself. Um, okay, so now you see there's almost a pure, bare, empty layer to your awareness that is shared with mine. Because I have the same direct experience as you do. Yeah. I am aware first, and then I am aware of Atlas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the way that I uh, sort of... Uh, uh, you know, came to this a long time ago, this awareness uh, experience, right? Is uh, I just felt like there was an iPad in front of my face. It was a kind of like tablet. And then I just, I was like, what if I was just to pull um, it away or pull back from it and see all of the calculations that are taking place uh, unconsciously, right? And, Great. And so, so, and then you, you're like, you can see that the body is adding signals and information to this stream of information that's coming in and your body's adding kind of red over here, don't do this, do this, fear, like all these little things. Um, so is that what we're talking about? Kind of like that awareness that pulls away from the uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great tablet way. mask essentially? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. We've actually been talking about this analogy slash metaphor now for about a hundred years in spirituality because of the birth of motion picture mm -hmm. so as soon as sort of cinema and film was birthed we began being able to explain the metaphor or analogy of the movie or most recently with the birth of virtual reality yeah, yeah we began using that yeah, yeah, yeah donald hoffman who we've had on the show has a 
very fascinating way of also explaining that we are mistaking our headset. So we're mistaking Finity, our headset, mm -hmm. as ultimate reality. When in reality, it's just a beat salad and we're observing the beat salad through the headset. Mm -hmm. And so even cutting edge scientists, cognitive scientists like Donald Hoffman and his team, are again synthesizing with spirituality just like Sir Roger Penrose in physics are also synthesizing with spirituality. So in the movie analogy, like you described a moment ago, the most common way, like many great teachers, Nisargatata Maharaj has been one of our favorites, explain it quite simply like, you are that which is aware of the movie of driving in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. You are that which is aware of driving through Costa Rica. Can I control it? I'm curious. And that's where the will and the choice come in. So... How do I make this rain uh, go away? <laughs> how, do I make, right? how do I make this rain go away? <laughs> that is so funny. Um, so, so that's one of the upstream causes of suffering, actually, is when people are arguing with the frames of the movie. So if you have craving for alternate frames of the movie, or if you have aversion, if you're trying to get away from certain frames of the movie, you're going to create suffering. So there's simultaneously the radical, unconditional acceptance of the movie frames that come at the same time that there is a desire for a transcendent noble aim in the movie. So I am aware first, and then I am aware of Tristan second, and then I am aware of Tristan's North Star third. And so Tristan's North Star might be something like architecting the maximal, abundant, prosperous future as a planet possible. And so that is a divine, very important star, and you will absolutely adjust your movie frames towards that, given your will and choice towards that, versus if you were lethargic and apathetic and gluttonous and didn't give a living shit about any North Star. Yeah. But, but that, so that North, like, why do I have a North Star and some people don't? Like, what, what, who decides that? What's the, um, what's the thing that uh, kind of gives uh, to one and not the other or takes away from one? You know, well, wh where, do, where do we get these and why some over others? So if there's an infinite source, right, um, I'm curious, why do some have eyes and some have, you know, some are blind? So that's kind of a, you know, same question about God, but just about the infinite source. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful question. So, so the first kind of most macro level answer is that you are not just aware of Tristan. You are also aware simultaneously of all of these units that are experiencing the beat sound. So the unit that is currently lacking the desire for a transcendent noble aim or North Star, 
you are also them simultaneously as you are you. And so that is a macro level view of it. And then a sort of secondary view of it is something like the importance of having contrast, very similar to how yesterday when we were driving, right now we're currently driving on a quite smooth paved road in Costa Rica. Show them. And uh, you can probably see a little bit in the back, but yeah, yeah. Show them the front, this is cool. Yeah, this yeah. Will be a, I'll, I'll, nice. I'll show you guys quick. Yeah, I will, I'll adjust it. Yeah, I will. I think and it actually should I'll, be, I'll, it should I'll be the road, it. and then our voices, back. like it actually should be. I'll adjust it back afterward. So, um, right now we're driving on this quite smooth road, and yesterday we were actually driving on a bumpy volcanic road where we were rocking back and forth nonstop. And the reason why I bring it up is because we had an experience of contrast where we were able to have a deeper amount of gratitude and a deeper amount of recognizing the difference between being on a road that is bumpy versus a road that is smooth. And so in a sense, very similarly with our creativity that we've designed this reality with as the beet salad, that we we have bush <laughs> we have bush we have I want some bush right now Just what do you have? we have uh <clears throat> We have created the contrast in the beet salad where we have a similar to the bumpy road and smooth road. We have those that are more enlightened and we have those that are more egotistical. We have those that live in finity, F-I-N-I-T-Y, finity, finite, live. Those that think that they are only the beet salad. And then we have those that are more enlightened we have those that know themselves as infinite. We have those that know themselves as that which eternally tastes all possible combinations of food, and this being just one expression of that. And so we need that contrast in order for this play to happen, for this play to undergo. And that when we experience chicken soup or lettuce wraps... Affogato. 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 What is affogato? Oh my god, it's um, it's a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh. And then you pour a um, espresso on top of it. Oh. And then you eat it. And you know what I like about it the most? And then you look at it. <laughs> and then you stare, then you at, stare it. at it. Yeah. So yeah, the infinite yeah. affogato. Infinite affogato. So yeah, this thing. Um, what's what, you know what I like about it the most? It's like um. Is that Italian or is that actually from here? I, I think it's Italian. Yeah. Okay. It's um, yeah. I, I we're gonna go to a cafe right now in uh, La Fortuna, which uh, has. Uh, my, uh, I used, to, I was drinking like three affogatos a day there oh my uh, for like gosh. a month and a half. Just that oh was my, my cafe. Oh my god! 
So yeah, uh, but vanilla ice cream, vanilla ice cream with a shot of espresso. espresso. It's so good, and whenever I go to like restaurants, I always look for it. Yeah, it'd be exciting to yeah to hit that. By the way, one of the locals, Tony, that we were uh, hanging out with a couple of days ago, ended up communicating to me that there's this cute little bit of rainfall that happens between, he said, one and two o'clock, and it's exactly like 1.50 when it rained. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's kind of funny that Costa Rican microclimates are like this. All right, that's a wrap. I adore you all so much. We adore you. We're super grateful for you tuning in to this episode. I'm really happy that we were able to unpack some very explain like I'm five understandings of infinity and finity and also create a lot of good alchemical container space for you to transmute and transform yourself through these very simple explain like I'm five analogies and metaphors. And so do let us know your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. If the video brought you value, give it a like. It helps the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet and share the video with people you feel like this would make a positive impact on. And I'm glad that you guys have also gotten the update from Tristan and I about what we're doing here this week and in terms of what we're creating together and building the future. I wanna take them uh, like, uh, like, so this episode is just about, you know, uh, what's, on, what's on your mind, kind of the uh, finite inf infinite. Both of um, ours in two, yeah. two, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we have different, uh, uh, you know, different frameworks for uh, observing and understanding these things. Yeah, we'll explore a lot so, of other things, including the analysis of form, um, yeah. science. I think there's many other a, subjects at a deeper to cover. level. Of course, we there, will. Of course, and dance. And, we will. And dance, art, yeah. play, all the good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, um, things to discuss during this trip. So we will. Um, we will. We adore you all. Thank tell you. us what what you want us to talk about. Actually, that's a good point. Let us know you. what you want us to drop that in the comments below. Yeah, exactly. We love you. Much love. Talk to you soon. Peace. Woo, pura vida. <laughs> Woo. Don't give him the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>